And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 303, aka year seven, week one. So we finally rolled into like the seventh year uh, of doing this show. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC and AS. Oh, and look at that. For the start of year seven, you guys separated out. Uh, the call-in numbers for this call-in <laughs> show are 303-335-9527. Or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527. Or 303-835-1301. Um, so for the second time uh, in the tenure of this show, uh, we have gone through a presidential inauguration. Wow. Yay. You've covered Yay. a lot of territory then. Yeah, I know. I this, this is the third president of you know uh, in the time span of this show. So we started... Uh, when uh, Barack Obama was president, and then we got to witness the Donald Trump tenure and everything, all the fun times that went along with that. And now we're in the, the Biden administration. Uh, and leading the way of the Biden administration was a flick of the pen, 17 plus some odd times in his first day in office, new, re- new rules, new regulations, new mandates uh, for his loyal subjects to follow. Uh, but not all bad, as you were saying, KS. So tell us about it. Yeah, I was very, very pleased that he didn't wimp out on this one thing. Of course, there are a lot of things I have objection to, but this one I I got very um, thrilled for the millions of people whose lives are completely open to freedom uh, and a better life because of his uh, pronouncements about immigration. They... Um, uh, a number of things. Number one, that people who are the dreamers um, won't face immediate deportation as they have. Um, the people who have been heal, here illegally, and I, I'm just judging from headlines I've seen in the newspaper. I don't know the details, whether or not uh, uh, what, what's behind it all, but it sounds very, very positive. And of course, there's going to be pushback uh, from Congress, I suppose, on some of these things. But the millions of people, maybe they said 11 million people, could have a path to citizenship if they are here. Uh, it's an eight-year path, uh, supposedly going through steps of demonstrating that they've paid taxes and that they've, uh, um, you know, haven't committed crimes and that they've, uh, um, you know, they're they're uh, doing all the paperwork that's necessary. In other words, an open door for them to actually then become legal documented people now i hear and, horror um, stories about how long that process actually takes like in into the decades before the legal avenue opens up so is eight years enough to process all that like you got you got eight years to get all your paperwork in order uh but eight years from now who knows where it'll be uh in the government's hands i like that point very much you know if there was a long line for people at walmart They'd put out more uh, clerks to open up more registers. They would want them processed as quickly as possible. And that's what irritates me about people say, oh, the immigrants should stand in line and wait their turn, you know, do the proper thing. That's like saying, okay, um, everything in the country is going to be run like the DMV. And they put one person who's incompetent and hostile to the person in line uh, who's arrogant. and, And then everybody has to, be in a line that rhymes around 
goes out out the building and uh, around the corner uh, waiting for this bureaucrat to give them the the permission the marketplace is so different than the government to the government people are a problem to the marketplace people are an opportunity and are, are riches and have rights and um, so clearly you're right under the current attitude of the bureaucracy it could take many many years could decade could take decades for people to get approval um, but in a uh, you know if if they were really truly treated as uh, uh, as uh, offering great riches to the to the country uh, they could be processed to uh, you know today I mean they uh, I, I, it's just a matter of the attitude of the bureaucracy and you're right that that could stand in the way yet but it is a tremendous shift in attitude from starting from the top um, and that's a good place to start as opposed to the previous administration even if there were nice people in the bureaucracy they certainly had pushback from the from Trump and the whole administration against immigrants Sure. And when Trump was in office, when he deregulated certain things, we gave him a golf clap as well. Right. Just... Yeah. And yeah. When, when Biden does, you know, what appears to be good things, right. Then we, we can give him, you know, the similar golf clap um, for those good things, not endorsing everything because of that. Um, I do want to follow up real quickly with your Walmart example um, for the people, you know, for those who say stay in line and do it the right way. Um, if for whatever reason, Walmart has that long line uh, and you're trying to check out and you just can't, uh, you're still not allowed to just walk out of the store with your goods, right? Like in order to get what you want from Walmart, you still must wait in that line. Um, so what do you say to the, you know, to the illegal immigrants then who said like, well, that's a, that's a, a uh, impossible task for the most part to, to wait those decades in line and then they break the law and they just come on in anyway because why why should i wait in line when i can just cross over well okay yeah it, it is an imperfect comparison because clearly the government uh, official standing at the border isn't asking the person to pay for goods that they they've purchased in the store like in walmart um what are they actually doing is standing at the gate knowing full well that there are millions of american citizens who say we want to hire them we want them to rent our houses we want them to buy our goods we want them to start businesses and hire us we want them to do all these things we are the ones that have the great to, to benefit and uh, and we just want this bureaucrat to, to get out of the way and so let us let us do that so they are standing in the way of the rights of american citizens to purchase just like buying products from iran the government that stands in the way and says you can't buy sugar from central america um as the government officials want you to buy American sugar at four times the price or the uh, subsidized corn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, all of those are, are just uh, excuses. And then about this idea that they're, they're breaking the law by going around. Well, everybody who drives a car breaks the law when they go over the speed limit. And I'm guessing that probably 90% of all drivers have gone over the speed limit. And by the sure. way, entry into the United States is a misdemeanor, about the same as a traffic fine. Um, and everybody does it because they're in a rush to get somewhere. Well, imagine not just the rush to get to work on time or to get to the store before it closes. Imagine the rush um, that matters like 10 years worth of your time and prosperity and uh, 
not just for yourself, but for your whole family. Um, uh, everybody he, does it. Even in your example, though, if you do it and get caught, you pay the penalty. Yeah, which is a, a, a fine, a traffic uh, fine. You don't get deported back to your house or to another country because you've uh, gone over the speed limit. I mean, and, and people wouldn't tolerate that if they did. I, you remember when they, they put up the cam, uh, the traffic cams here in, in the island? What a tremendous outrage there was when the government installed these cameras to, to clock people who were over the speed limit. They wouldn't tolerate it, you know, and people rightly, uh, you know, they, well, and then again, we get this whole thing, uh, you know, we can get into that and another issue about who should own and operate the highways. I'm guessing that if they really privatized them, they'd be much more efficient and they would be much more uh, careful at uh, scrutinizing the, the, the drunk drivers that are let back out on the highways time and time again, killing 40,000 people in America every year. It would never be tolerated if it was a privately run a transportation system, um, you know, the airlines, they, 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 they'll uh, slap huge fines on an airline if they allow a pilot to come on board who's had a drink uh, beforehand. And yet um, people who drink and drive out there with these, uh, you know, automobiles and kill people, what's the penalty? Uh, it's a manslaughter uh, negligence or something like that and and no penalty whatsoever, you know, and they, so at any rate, we get into a lot of different interesting issues, which just reflects that I've been drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so is is this one area where uh, libertarians, I guess, Oh, which let out? me just say, which coffee is that legally often mandated drug that we stimulate our lives with? <laughs> Wait, legally mandated or just legally permitted? Oh, coffee breaks. Permitted. Yeah. Okay. Well, permitted, but coffee breaks are part of the required uh, standard for most uh, places of work. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's, I don't want to call that a mandate, though. It's not like the state's going like, you must drink your coffee to be more productive for the king. Well, if it's a labor union that says, uh, we want to have breaks throughout the day and you have to provide coffee. Uh, uh, or at least allow us to drink our coffee and to smoke yeah. our smoke and things like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stick with permitted <laughs> as opposed to mandated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't want to get caught well, up but, in the semantics when you say like we, mandated coffee. We are required drugs. to subsidize tobacco farmers and to send their tobacco products abroad under the food for peace program. All of that is, is a mandatory subsidy and and where where do you get the cheapest alcohol and tobacco in the world always on military bases where they don't pay the taxes that everybody else pays i mean yeah, i'd say that it, they're subsidizing the 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 drugs that were uh favored by europeans and they criminalize the drugs that were favored by um, people from latin america or asia sure makes sense right that's that whole nationalism uh homogeneity or whatever however you want to phrase that we like what we like and you know damned <laughs> damn everybody else's yeah yeah <laughs> all right so anything anything more to say on the uh the aspect of biden's immigration plan as it stands uh, a right couple, now a couple more things yeah he put a, a a halt on the building of the wall which is i think is a logical thing to do but it's a it's a halt i don't know what he has to do i mean some of these things could be done by executive uh action executive <laughs> executive action is assassination but uh, uh 
what do they call it? Uh, executive, executive order. order. Executive order. Yeah. And some of them will require uh, congressional action. But since it seems like the stopping the wall should be an easy thing because it was all started by an executive order. And well, you and think it, you could there just wasn't much done it to it. So like put, putting a halt to the construction of something that was barely being built to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Plus like we you have, have four, four miles of the wall completed. Like, all right, you can, you can stop now. Plus you have a uh, humane treatment of, uh, of uh, refugees so that they, I think under the current policies or the, or the new policies, they will be allowed in, into the U S to be processed rather than have to stay in Guatemala or Mexico um, under the asylum laws. And it, uh, I don't know how those will go. I, mean, I wish they would also say, let's open up trade with those countries so they could be prosperous enough to not be forced to leave. You know, if they were allowed to sell sugar or flowers or, or wheat or corn or things like that from those countries, um, it would tremendously boost the prosperity in those countries. Unfortunately, I don't think Trump, I mean, I don't think Biden is a, is a free market guy. He may no, not at all. Embrace he may embrace the like like the Trans-Pacific Partnership that that but that Obama uh, supported and then was stopped by Trump. But he he's never been he's been always a very protectionist kind of mentality. But maybe well we'll see. Okay, well let's 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 extrapolate on that a little bit because the open immigration doesn't seem like a very protectionist policy uh, for for the advocates of closed borders and you know the the hyper nationalist formerly you know known as like the conservative right if you will uh, the one of the one of the videos that I saw recently was those Latin Americans uh, waiting for Biden to get inaugurated so they could migrate across the border and come in now fundamentally i don't have a problem with that right like uh, you know from a, from that free market open borders um you know freedom to travel perspective but i do right. i do hear the argument that says well those people are waiting to come in not to take the jobs not to add productive value to the economy but to leech off the already strained welfare programs of the united states and then they were going to be, they're going to use that to bribe those people to vote Democrat. Um, and so it's, it's increasing the Democrat voter base at the detriment to the overall United States economy, uh, because they're just going to, you know, come over and steal our welfare. Well, that's the system that Biden and his, and, and all of the politicians in Congress have set up. They've set up a system of welfare where they're rewarding their voters and they're just unhappy or, or happy that a, a new cadre, for, you know, consider, for example, years ago, they didn't want to allow women the vote because it's, oh, well, you know, they're just going to um, uh, shape the uh, the laws to suit women instead of uh, men. So they, you know, uh, Murray Rothbard in, ar argued that the reason that the Protestants who dominated the politics uh, finally allowed the, the women the vote wasn't because they really wanted the women to vote, but because they believed that that Protestant women were more likely to vote than Catholic women. <laughs> well, I don't know this this whole thing. The, the the immigrants aren't to blame for the system that the that the that the U.S. has set up, and it's Republicans and Democrats have set up a welfare system. They've all voted for it all along, and uh, yes, some a little bit more than others, but there's nothing in the last four 
budgets of Congress that the president ever vetoed until this uh, I, I recently vetoed uh, uh, something, but only to get a bigger um, payout. So I, I, I don't uh, buy that logic that they say, oh, they're coming here to take advantage of the system. Well, the system was, can, wasn't their creation. It was the creation of the politicians in the system. And all they have to do is just end that, end that uh, payoff system. Sure. But as an individual uh, acting in my own rational self-interest, right, why would I support a policy that could lead to uh, higher taxes, lower wages, and higher prices of goods for me at the individual level? Uh, because you can't let one liberty be contingent on another liberty. In other words, you can't say, well, because the government might tax me to pay for the other person's uh, children's education, therefore... I can't allow the government to let that that family have a child. We have to have a zero children limit on how many families, uh, how many children they can have, uh, because the government would force me to pay for it. You can't um, use the judge. I mean, in fact, that's how the government has done this. Because the government provides all these things, they say, ah, therefore, we have to control all the aspects of your life, because look what we'll have to pay. Well, you can't allow the government to use that argument. Well, that's, that's the argument they use. And from an individual perspective, right, you, you can see why people don't want that because it's, it's economically damaging to them on the individual level and to go with the moral perspective, just, just let them in. They didn't set up the system. They have a right to be here. Hmm. Um, you have to, you have to do that from a moral perspective, uh, at economic harm to yourself as well. So it's well, a trade-off for the then individual. Then you also have to say, well, we can't allow big Slurpees um, in New York or anywhere else in the country because that's bad for your health. Yeah, you can't allow people to smoke. We'll put people in prison for, for smoking and drinking. We have to control everything about people so that we, so that the government doesn't compel us to pay for their health care or their medicine or one thing or another. I mean, it's true. People use that argument and that kind of logic, but you always should fight it because you can't okay. say once you put the condition on, uh, on one kind of liberty that it's going to cause an imposition, then look at who's causing the imposition. It's the politician and the government that's causing the imposition, sure. imposition, not the person seeking freedom. We saw something similar to that during COVID, uh, at least the, the, you know, the middle part of it last year, um, when the people, you know, who were like the anti-mask, the pro-freedom, the let's get out there and just, you know, go on about with our lives. They're saying, well, if you go ahead and do that and you end up in the hospital, expect to be turned away because the community doesn't want to absorb the cost of your uh, bad behavior, right? The, the, yeah. the hospital should not be overloaded with people um, acting in, in their own individual self-interest rather than at the benefit of the community. And that was like, that was the position, you know, healthcare is a right, but turn those people away uh, if they were out partying without masks on. Yeah. And my approach to it is always, is always not how the government can solve a problem, but what did the government do in the first place that created that problem? They've like, they pro prohibit new hospitals from being built uh, with licenses and, and um, what do they call cease and desist orders and all to allow, you know, to eliminate competition. The same thing with the doctors and the medical profession. They have all these licenses that prohibit, prohibit uh, an abundance of medical care that could be provided, has been provided historically in the American uh, uh, political scene 
but it's the government actions that 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 cut out all those options and so and rather than seeing the government as the solution we really need to point out to people how it is that the government caused those problems in the first place i tend to agree with you um however i find i find that task to be quite arduous right because yep. again you're 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 talking to individuals um from uh, from across an entire spectrum of you know uh, financial backgrounds, economic backgrounds, educational backgrounds, and you're trying to communicate the message to them that you have to you have to act out of your own best your your act out of your short term best interest in favor of understanding the long term cost, and so that you're acting in your long term best interest, uh, even though you might not be able to understand completely how or why, or how far into the future that, that happens, right? People, people make decisions and they think rationally in the moment. Um, and I think the argument is stronger in the moment that those immigration policies will negatively affect them in the short term versus convincing them that the government is the true problem, which I agree with, uh, and that they have to act out of their short-term best interests in order to rid themselves of the state for their long-term future benefit. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's in fact, as soon as you mentioned that, I started to feel depressed thinking <laughs> how long how long I've been making all these arguments throughout my life and it seems to me very logical and straightforward about the virtues of a free society and yet I get so discouraged at at um how what a long slog it is and how hard it is to yeah. to demonstrate these things. And you're you're absolutely right about that. I and I don't know what to to say about it, except that um, I just I just have to keep arguing for the okay the free market thing. And I was going to say I, I don't want to be confrontational or adversarial, but no, 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 should we not find right. a better strategy to to get to those ends? If you know, if if well, you've been doing this for thirty, you know, forty years or whatever, well, and like this is the result. <laughs> MC, the, the, the strategy that, and I've said this many times before, the, the strategy that worked was was leaving and. We have nowhere left to go, so Mars. Well, that's that's Elon. a good point. I mean, that, and that's why uh, the the refugees are leaving other countries because they're much worse than we are, and we have, well, you know, we can have a a, a a positive view on it. I mean, the glass is either half empty or half full, or another way they say the engineer looks at it and says the glass uh, isn't big enough, or the or there's not enough water. Uh, there's a lot of creative ways of looking at it, and each has to pursue their own path. I think there isn't just one best message for creating a libertarian world. Um, we all pursue different paths. I mean, like you're doing this on the radio, and and uh, others do with things on on the internet, and I've done things with uh, books and other things. I think we all try different pathways, and frankly, in a long perspective. We at this moment are still so much better off than previous generations have been. I mean, you consider how much more prosperous and um, many more opportunities there are right now than there were ever before. I mean, even in the midst of this pandemic, uh, thing life is is by contrast to historical conditions uh, very good. So I, I I'd like to be optimistic about it that uh, free markets have had uh, increased, I mean, you know, 
not only free markets but prosperity and and uh, education and healthcare and all of these things and technology have been on an upswing for the benefit of humankind. Should we touch on agorism as the way forward then? Like it, it matters little what the what the government policy is uh, if you're operating in the counter economy, right? They they can tax those services uh, and those products all they want. But if you're not shopping there or using those services and you can uh, remove yourself from that situation in favor of a smaller community of, of individuals, you know, on a, on, you know, using cryptocurrency, perhaps, um, that it doesn't matter. Like, let, let, let the immigrants in, let them raise the taxes. I'm not a part of that system. And so I don't operate in it and it has no effect on me. Love it. Sounds like a laboratory of... A- a million different experiments in what works best and the best will rise to the top or will succeed, or at least for the people who are part of it. And that's why they choose it. And the more voluntary action, um, the better. Absolutely. And I would say, get on that then. Right. And like, you know, surround yourself uh, with those people as best you can. And And everybody moved to New Hampshire. Yeah. Why not? I don't, (laughs) here's the thing. I don't understand what holds aside from the weather, right? Like, Oh my gosh, it's cold. We'll buy a jacket. Right. Like, you know, the, um, I don't understand how this level of freedom, uh, stops people from pursuing it more readily. Right. Um, like the, the example, the examples that come to mind is like, uh, people moving out of California, uh, but only going to Texas. Right. I go, okay, that's a step up, but like, why just Texas, you know? Like uh, Elon Musk moving to Texas, Uh, Joe Rogan moving into Texas, Uh, the NRA recently moving out of New York to, to, you know, restructure in Texas. I was Texas all that good. Like what, you know, are are the, are the, the freedoms in Texas, or at least on the commercial level and on the business perspective, is it that much better? Um, Cause I kind of like it here. Right. It, it seems, you know, well, you can get a, a lot done here as well. They have a similar tax structure. So it's based on, on property taxes. Um, so to me, that type of system makes more sense than uh, wage taxes and stuff like that. So um, maybe maybe that's why. And, and maybe the weather is just more pleasant in Texas than well, New Hampshire. Of course, the weather is more pleasant. <laughs> Again, that's the only that's the only that's the only concession I will grant. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I don't really know the differences between New Hampshire and Texas. Uh, yeah, neither I, do I. But I, but I do know that the tax situation is similar, and it, and it seems like that that like so in in California they probably have you know high property tax and high wage taxes, but um, it, it it seems like once people accept stealing from people's wages, then all all rights go out the window basically, and so um, it's it's not a good environment to uh, have a business like in Hawaii. Hawaii is one of the worst. California is another one that's one of the worst. Yeah. All the, all the left-leaning places uh, do it, do the tax thing the, the opposite way of New Hampshire and Texas. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's, uh, you know, if, if you're saying New Hampshire and Texas are similar, then I, aside, yeah, then I guess it's just the weather. Um, if it's a property tax thing, I could understand that as well because New Hampshire is like one of the highest property tax I think right. the highest property tax rate in the country. Uh, but that's how they get you. Cause everything else is, you know, low comparatively. Right. Uh, 
but they get you they get property owners with the property but, tax. So if, but one of them makes more sense for from a business uh, aspect that uh, and one of them doesn't. And so in in Hawaii, it's 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 terrible for working class people because they get their money taken from them before they even get a chance to spend it. Yeah, you know. So so if you work in Texas, you can at least work and save and eventually buy a property and then pay taxes and not, <laughs> not pay the tax up front. And then you still don't have anything yet. Yeah. So, um, oh, I'm yeah, just, it, I'm just trying to think of ways that, you know, if, if that's what it is, how, how New Hampshire can alter that situation to be more appealing, um, to larger companies, larger businesses and build up, build up the oh, local economy mean, that way. Try, try to get Tesla to move to New Hampshire. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know. I think, uh, Texas is probably just in a better location overall uh, for um, getting uh, products uh, delivered there. Um, it's probably just easier. Um, distribution? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, distribution and uh, storage, uh, you know, land land cost. Um, yeah, it's, pro- it's probably just more efficient. Okay. I would suggest that the weather doesn't have to be... Um, the deciding factor so much i look at estonia it is overwhelmingly the fastest growing economy in um you know what was normally referred or previously referred to as uh, eastern europe um but it's the superstar of europe now you know uh, and what they did was very very radical free market reforms and i'm guessing New Hampshire still has a long ways to go, don't they? I mean, I, I don't know for sure. You can in, enlighten me on this, but it seems to me that New Hampshire still has a long ways to go to be able to compare with Estonia. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to enlighten you because I don't know much about Estonia. Um, but one of the one of the conversations that I have with the the people here, um, Free State Project members or otherwise, that I would like to see, right? Like for, for all the people working in the system, right? All I want... All I want them to do, as far as like an initiative is concerned, is any place that has a freer policy than New Hampshire, right, move to adopt that policy. Because if it works there, it surely can work here. Uh, and then that'll like build New Hampshire to being the freest uh, place, not only in the country, but, you know, in the globe, perhaps down the line. Um but it's always it's always an uphill battle with the political people here, um, because from what I've seen, what I've read, what I've heard, uh, it's they're always playing defense. It's always a defensive thing. We got we have to stop them from you know from turning more socialist, uh, more big state, more big government. Um, so rather than rather than moving freedom forward, they're slowing its decline, and that's a, that's about all they're, that they're doing. <laughs> What surprises me is that right next door in the sister state of Vermont, isn't that where Bernie Sanders uh, has his socialist base? I yeah. mean, how is it? How is it those two states can have be so close and be in the same sort of population culture at all, and and be so different? Yeah, it's amazing. It, I I don't know how to answer that either, but it is amazing um, that that happens, and I think it's because the culture doesn't cross pollinate. Right there's there's influx, there's influxes surrounding New Hampshire, right? Like we don't want people from Vermont uh, coming into the state and voting for policy because they'll they'll take the policy more socialist. So stay in Vermont, 
right? We don't want people coming up from Massachusetts and voting on policy because they'll make it more like Massachusetts. Uh, so stay in, stay in Massachusetts. Um, I think Maine is pretty darn close. Um, I don't know enough about Maine, but I don't, I don't hear a lot of complaints about, Oh, fucking Mainers coming over here and changing things. Um, you know, on, in, in certain respects, they're, they're not as bad as both Vermont and Massachusetts. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I think there is, I don't know what it is about the culture here, like how, how those geographic boundaries, uh, influence the culture so significantly, but somehow it does. And it's, it's amazing, um, that it does, but I don't know. I, I don't know how to actually answer your question aside from saying that, right? Like, you know, Bernie Sanders, socialist, Vermont, they voted for him, you know, uh, Vermont, uh, you know, has whatever lockdowns they have as well. Um, and the, the lockdowns in New Hampshire were like the first ones to get pushed back against, uh, even the, even the governor's like most recent decree, uh, was fought back against to the point where it was effectually toothless, um, when it came down. So like, you know, the, the government, like New Hampshire is in a, in a, in a, in a state of, in a state of lockdown, um, and has like a mask mandate. Right. And so on, on paper, it goes like, well, you're locked down like every place else or worse because there's a mask mandate. But you read the governor's orders and it says like, you know, a mask must be worn um, in, you know, in a particular place of business, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Um, but there's a clause in there for medical exemptions. And you're like, well, you, everyone must wear a mask unless you have a medical exemption. And then you read down further into the paragraph and it says like, no one may question your medical exemption. <laughs> well, so the okay. order has no teeth. I'm you know? breathing, by the way. Is that a medical condition? No, like you know. So, so I I've told you about my my you know my my um, full compliance mask, right? Like we've covered this on the show before. I spent a lot of money on it. It's bulletproof. You know, I did it just in case this happened and we had to wear a mask everywhere. I would I would have my mask to wear uh, to sh- you know to to comply fully comply with the order, uh, but also represent my dissatisfaction. Uh, with this, with, with the way things are going. Um, but now I don't need to, because I, I walk into the store, like I walk into Walmart and a guy goes, Hey, do you have your mask? And I go, Oh no, I have a medical exemption. He goes, Oh, okay, sir. Welcome in. You know, <laughs> like, and that's it. That's the entire interaction. There's, you know, um, we, we, I, we went out to dinner, uh, for M's birthday, uh, a couple of weeks ago at this point. Um, and you know, the, the, the restaurant, the, the restaurant is under the mask order. You have to wear a mask into the restaurant. And we were going to dinner with some friends who like, weren't going to wear a mask. Like they were clear. Not only are we not wearing a mask, um, we, we won't be bringing a mask with us. So, you know, and this is like, this is Emma's birthday dinner. Like, and if they don't let us in, we're going to have to go eat somewhere else. I'm like, well, that's a little weird because <laughs> the likelihood is you're going to go eat somewhere else. We're going to go eat, you know, the dinner that we had planned for the birthday right? You were invited to this dinner. That's uh, right. <laughs> this is, this is her celebration, not your protest That's uh, right. <laughs> kind of thing. But, uh, M and her other friend walked in there with their masks on. I walked in there without a mask on, not a word was said, you know, and they just, they led us straight to the table. Our other friends came in without their masks on, not a word was said. The topic wasn't broached. 
was like didn't even get a funny look from anybody. Um, in fact, it seems like you know the the wait staff was kind of on our side, right? Because uh, you know the the buddy of mine who's like a hundred percent anti mask, you know, asking about it, like how do you feel about having to wear it? He's like, ah, oh, I hate this, you know, stuff, and you know, but got to do it, got to be healthy, got to do the hand washing, got to wear the thing, got to wear the gloves when we clear the table, blah blah blah. Um, but he did it like, but the way he said it, you could tell um, that he wasn't in support of it either. Right. Could, could I just raise a question on this? So, because I, 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 I agree that they probably the only reason, uh, maybe the only reason that they have the mask requirement is because they're mandated to, but on the other hand, maybe they want to build a reputation among, uh, among clients and personnel that they are a safe place. And maybe that's their own, um, desire to have it, uh, maybe the management, the owner, um, sure. how much, uh, do you feel it is the right of the owner to determine the conditions for eating in his establishment? Uh, I would say a hundred percent. And this is where, you know, I, I, I had a conversation, um, with another friend of mine. I'm not, I'm not going to name who this person is. Um, but I, I, you know, I carry my mask in case, you know, the sign on the door says mask required upon entry. Ah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, go Very ahead. respectful. Very respectful. That's good. Right. This friend of mine says like, even if the sign says that I will not wear the mask, um, because I don't believe that it's the owner's decision. I believe they're complying with the government order. Um, and until I'm told that this is a store policy, not a government compliant policy, um, I'm going to presume it's just in compliance with the governor's order and I will violate the request of the private property owner. Um, and, and, you know, and go on it. And when, does that, does that put the private property owner in jeopardy with the government? In other words, he could be slapped with a big fine, um, because somebody was allowed to enter in without, without challenging them. In some instances, yes. So this, this went into effect, um, the, the local ordinance before the governor's order went into effect at like, you know, bars and restaurants or whatever. Um, and we would frequent, uh, a bar slash restaurant that uh, was not complying with the order, but the the penalty was not upon the individual uh, who you know violated the the mandate. the The penalty was put on the the establishment. So every time he went in there without a mask on, hundred percent putting the establishment at risk. Um, to the point where there were you know uh, no local narcs who you know was was. Uh, reporting on the establishment that, that they that bar is allowing people in without their masks on um and pressured the the, the establishment to uh to require masks and in doing so like lost our business we just said eh, we're not going to go there anymore you know they they're 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 being mask nazis and they're they no longer get our business um, so we found a new establishment that, you know, does, doesn't require us to wear a mask when we walk in and that's where we, eat. um, so yes, it, it definitely put the establishment at risk. So I can, I see that, but at the same time I go like, well, that's insidious on the government, right? Because now they're forcing the establishment to be enforcers of the law, right? It's, it's no longer a free choice by the establishment or by the individual, um, they're pressured now by threat of penalty, uh, 
by forcing people to comply with the, the edict and becoming the police instead of the, the private business that they got into. Yeah. So, well, so true. I, I had a friend who said, Oh, that's, that's a genius thing for the, for the government to do is, is make other people the enforcers. And I said, and I said, <laughs> that well, might've been me. It's, it's genius on their part. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, no, this is a friend actually okay. he lives in uh, near DC, but okay. Um, and I said, well, it it is, but it's, it's horrible. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's basically, uh, uh, you know, one step closer to what China did and that is turn your neighbors into the enforcement. And once, once you can't trust your neighbors, um, then you don't have a free country anymore. You don't have yeah. any freedom. Um, and, and there are places already doing that as well. Right. So anyway, that's what to watch out for. There's still enough resistance to government here where it's, it's not that bad. I mean, anytime, uh, they, they set up a, a hotline to, uh, you know, uh, rat your neighbors out. It always gets flooded with uh, prank calls and stuff like that. So, Good. um, that, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think we're headed that way though. Um, I think pretty soon it, you know, nobody will be able to trust their neighbors and that's, that's pretty much when it's time to get out of the U S because, uh, you know, then concentration camps are next. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it seems hyperbolic, but yeah, that's, that's the progression of things historically. Um, to, to go back to your, uh, original question, KS. Um, so like I would, I have my mask for, you know, for those purposes, this friend of mine wouldn't even wear the mask, even, even if the business required it until he was like confronted and said like, no, no, no business says you have to, um, However, then the governor's orders come down from on high, right? And there's just giant loophole in the order. Um, and now it's to the business's detriment, right? Because if the business has a mask mandate um, for the safety of their employees and for the safety of their customers, uh, and I walk in there and I go like, I have an exemption. I have a medical exemption. <laughs> they cannot legally so ask me about it at that point. Right, because now right. if that they ask they, me about it, they're violating the governor's orders. But can they? Can they? Even though they can't ask you about it, they could still exclude you and say, "Well, I understand that you have a medical condition, but we personally don't want you into the shop anyway." I mean, they probably yeah. won't because they—they—that's they, rude treatment of their customers. But um, can they, or or is that for, forbidden? They say, would, "Well, you have to allow them in." <laughs> I want to say they absolutely could. Um, however, in doing so may open themselves up to litigation, right? Because if you're, you know, if, 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 if a bunch of us walk up to, you know, cause traveling packs, man, you know, the best thing we can do at this point, um, you, you go in, you know, you all say like, Oh, we all 17 of us have a medical exemption. We're going to come shop in your establishment. And they say, no, 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 that's not how this works. You must all leave. Right. Uh, then they, you know, then, the, then that's a class action lawsuit that we have been discriminated against because of our, you know, our medical disability, right. <laughs> that, that, that they're not allowed to ask about. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to proceed with that. I just know that ever since that governor's orders came down and the medical exemption was like written in that they can't ask about it. Um, I don't need my mask anymore. Cause I just say, no, thank you. I have a medical exemption and that's only if they ask a lot of the places that I've been to recently. Don't even ask. You just walk right in. Um, I had to go pick up some, um, medication for M from, you know, like uh, Rite Aid or whatever. 
And I was trying to go through the drive-thru and the drive-thru was taking forever. So I called and I said, why the hell is the drive-thru taking so goddamn long? Um, and I said, well, they're doing COVID, drive-thru COVID testing. And I went, oh, oh shit, you know. Um, th- and the guy said, he's like, well, it's best that you just come in. And I said, like, well, I have a medical exemption. I don't have a mask. I- is that going to be a problem? Because that's why I'm in the drive-thru line. He goes, no, just come on in. I'm like, all right. Fucking hung up the phone, went right in, you know, grabbed. So... <laughs> Say say what you want about like the governor's orders. At least here, um, it's 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 a moot point to to those of us that care, uh, because we you know all of us are attempting to to go maskless as much as possible, um, and even when even if confronted, we have the medical exemption to lean on, and so far that has not been a problem for me personally. I don't know if anybody else has said like medical exemption and then been denied service. Uh, I'm sure that happens. I don't know what they're doing about that, uh, but I have not run into that problem as of yet. What I'm I, more concerned about is the uh, potential for uh, a COVID uh, passport. So it, you, you won't be able to travel if you don't have your uh, vaccination. And the, and what worries me the most is that it's completely illogical because the COVID vaccine technically isn't a vaccine. Um, it doesn't prevent people from spreading COVID. It prevents you from getting sick and dying from it uh, or or lessening the symptoms. Yes, but, that's it. It's a symptom but reducer. Can, but you can still get, if you get the you know supposed vaccine, you can still get COVID. You can still spread it. So why do they care if people have it? Like that should be just be on your own thing. Like, oh, I, I want to get this uh, COVID cure that isn't really a cure um, or not. It's not going to change the outcome for anybody else. So I, I just, it's, it frustrates me because, um, you know, if that's the case, if I'm not doing it for other people and I don't care if we're doing it for myself, then I shouldn't be forced to do it. I mean, I shouldn't be forced to do it anyway, but like there's, there's zero credibility or, or need for everybody to get the, the COVID vaccine because it's not really a vaccine. Yeah. So the same same friend who likes to go maskless ended up having to travel uh, via airplane for other reasons. Um, and he took a picture because like all of a sudden he's like, in order to board the plane, you have to wear the mask. So he's got a picture of him wearing his like eye covering, you know, his eye mask so he can sleep and his mask basically like a chin strap, barely covering his mouth. He's like, no one said anything. Nose. So that was his thing. Like nose is out was like the caption on that because as long as you have the mask covering something he said you know his nose was out the entire flight he could breathe um you know but but he was you know compliant with the mask and still no one cared so and we we led the show off with the the uh, joe biden immigration policy um i believe one of the one of these those executive orders that was signed off on um was the the uh covid passport however you want to call that restriction for international travel like you needed a negative test to travel internationally from the U.S. now by the stroke of a pen. So I don't even know if that vaccine passport is like uh, a myth at this point or, you know, a worry. It's it's basically in effect, at least for international travel. Right. Was, wasn't that in there? Am I am I mistaken on that? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't pr- tried to travel internationally yet. So, well, yeah, but I mean, there, there was a whole list of executive orders and I, I I read through most of it or I skimmed the list. You know, because, you know, pages upon pages of executive orders and ramifications. And I'm pretty sure international travel required I, some sort of negative test. I saw a, a, a funny thing on the, the Economist 
the, the economist said uh, that Biden is a return to restraint uh, from the White House. And and so I thought restraint, how is 17 executive orders day one uh, symbolic of restraint? <laughs> like, that makes no sense. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I, well, because that was tell... necessary to undo all the damage that Trump did. Now he I can mean, be restrained. Yeah, I guess, I guess, but it doesn't seem like they're very careful or, or caring about, well, you know, what he's actually doing. I think it's, I think it's, I think there's going to be more executive orders than ever. And, I don't think it's going to be a restraint at all. I think it's going to be a restraint of freedom and in uh, an, an all-out attack on you know whatever they consider conservative values. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. like yeah. The, like the one. Okay, so so he one of the executive orders had something to do with transgenderism. It's like, yes, what really? Like that's but what with you care about day one. <laughs> With the stroke of a pen, he destroyed uh, women's sports, women's right. collegiate sports. Which, which no, I guess nobody cares about women's sports either. Well, I, I mean, well, they'll just, care I'm, less I'm, now. I'm being sexist at the moment, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're going to care less. Like the... <laughs> when the dude puts on a dress and calls himself a lady so he can win the hundred meter dash, forget about it. <laughs> like that's it. Well, I mean, it's, it's happened lots of times uh, in uh, you know high school sports and. Wrestling, yeah. and... but but now it's mandated at the at the federal level for colleges, <laughs> right? right. It, and why doesn't it ever happen the reverse? Like a, a woman change into a man and then dominate? <laughs> well, let's. Well, be I mean, more I know sexist. the answer to that because I, because I because can, men are I know better some than... some women wrestlers that would sure put me down for really quickly, <laughs> right? But you have to when we're talking about these things in the larger picture, you have to discuss the averages. Right. Well, like I, a female bodybuilder will outlift your average man, but the average man will outlift the average woman. The average male bodybuilder will outlift the average female bodybuilder. Right. Sure. No, sure. I, I know. I, I'm just saying, point out the obvious men are better at sports. Uh, yeah. Women. <laughs> just on average, because on average, we men are built for it. Like there's, I don't even want to hear an, I want, I don't want to hear an argument on averages. I will hear arguments to exceptions, right? F female athletes that train, uh, will do better than males who don't train or males who don't train as much. Right. I, I will grant those exceptions. But like I said, on average, the, the reason that you separate male and female sports, uh, is basically to give women a chance to be victorious at those things, hands down. Right. And another one I haven't seen yet is, is, uh, a, like, let's say a professional dominant, uh, male sports player, uh, change to female and then remain, you know, dominant. And I guess maybe that's happened in, in, uh, professional, uh, fighting like UFC fighting. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm well, depends on what you mean. Like there, there has been male to female transgender, uh, in UFC, but then they compete as female. And That's what I'm saying. It's it's never happened where someone goes from male to female and then competes against males, right? Yeah, no, because there's no reason to do that. You you can well, already would, do that. He's still a man, just yeah. <laughs> doesn't have the parts. <laughs> right, and if and if he had to compete as a man, that would be fine. Right, but the the complaint then was, well, he with if you put if you take testosterone blockers and you know estrogen enhancers, right, you're no longer competitive with males who have natural testosterone. So okay. you would go from dominant to like barely competitive overnight. Um, if you were female and transitioned to male and competed amongst males, um, 
I would be okay with that as well. Um, and I think there was a, re- a high school wrestler that did that and won. I'm like, well, fucking go for it then. You know, like, <laughs> if, you know, if, if that's the direction that it goes fine. Um, because if that's the situation, yeah, I, honestly, I would be yeah, open I, to I like open, open competition. I, I really don't care. I think they should just get rid of male and female, uh, sports. And that means women's sports will disappear. Um, yeah. And, but I also think they should just let them do whatever. So if whatever kind of drugs you want to take, let them do it. I want to see the, the freakiest freak show, uh, football players or, or, uh, baseball players or whatever, you know, <laughs> like yeah. when, uh, what, what, what was the, the Cardinals, uh, baseball player that was called out for doping? Oh, um, Mark, was it Mark McGuire? The, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. He had the record and stuff and, oh man, it's like, that was yeah, a great shoot year. It up. Just, make make yourself the biggest hulk you know anybody that was the only year i was interested in baseball i know it was awesome it was also awesome seeing him try to try to defend himself against the allegations yeah no i okay that was some drama i'm with you there was one uh match between billy jean king and bobby riggs uh uh, female and male tennis uh, tennis players and she defeated him uh, of yeah. course, there was uh, something like uh, thirty years age difference when they were both number when they were each number one in their in their area. But at any rate, the woman did defeat the man in that one. And yeah, she took a hundred thousand dollars. So, yeah. like I said, I will hear exceptions, right? But I will not. What I will not hear is the case that if you put, uh, if you if you if you erase the boundary between men's tennis and women's tennis, that the women will be competitive with the men at the championship level right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you might get one or two women that you know maybe make it to the finals uh a few times right like the the williams sisters at one point probably could have competed at that level when they were at their peak um but there's no way they would have been as good as the top men in the sport at that time no way not a chance and so as far as women's sports go if 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 it still exists, it will be all transgender men. And that's the thank you, Joe Biden. Yep. <laughs> because, you know, like you said, if, if you if you erase the line, and I'm cool with that. If you want to erase the line and just have open competition, right? We're going to see, you know, we're going to see who the fastest human is. We're going to see who the strongest human is in whatever, you know, or the most skilled in this particular sport. Fine. Right. But what you, but, what we, you, but we already know the answer to that. That's what's sad about it. Right. You know? <laughs> Generally speaking, we already know the answer. So then some organization will set up, you know, like the women's only league, like the biological females league of whatever sport it is. Yeah. And I they will get I their champion wrong as well. with that either. Yeah. They won't be allowed to. Now they won't be, be allowed, allowed to. to. <laughs> it's not you just can't call it women's sports it's, it's biological female and then then you have to set up another one a transgender uh only uh league yeah i'm okay with that too i'm okay with three leagues i don't care but i don't know if i'd call it transgender i would just call it men's women's and open right? <laughs> there you go <laughs> men's women and, and, and yeah open open's a good one i was gonna say confuse like people don't yeah. know but yeah i'll bet i'll bet but there are some would, female competitors who would like to take on men I, they that's happened in boxing um uh, some women have gotten into the boxing now they don't go to the top but they're they're hungry for that competition with yeah. to prove themselves and some into football too um it's just a beginning 
But I'm, I'll bet there's somewhere down the road there's going to be somebody who does extraordinarily well, yeah. even as a biological. But even women in football, it's usually the kicker, right? Because they <laughs> right. came from a soccer background. Yeah, yeah, okay, good, yeah. But you don't, you don't see a woman quarterback. You don't see a woman linebacker, right? If you did, she'd have to be really good, and she would be the exception, right? And again, I will, I will accept exceptions. Can she be as good as a man? A woman can be as good as a man. On the averages, not a chance. You'll never, you'll never have like, you know, a natural 50-50 split on the football field where there's, you know, like six women and five guys on the field because they're all equally talented, equally skilled at their position. Won't happen. I suppose that this conversation 100 years ago would have sounded the same. It's, but instead of talking about men and women, if you were talking about sex, uh, 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 race, you know, uh, uh, there were probably people saying, uh, you know, blacks can never really compete with us in football, you know, the whites in football or, uh, you know, but um, I mean, it's, it's true. You're talking about the same gender. Yeah. But the kind of conversation might have sounded very similar 100 years ago, I think. Sure. And and if they open up these steroids things, like MC suggested, right, then maybe 100 years from now, you will have jacked up females able to compete on the same level as men. Yeah. Uh, and not, <laughs> not compete with jacked up men, though. <laughs> yeah, also probably true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to dump on Trump for a minute. We, we started talking about the immigration thing with, with Biden. Um, and uh, I wanted to point out that Trump didn't actually stop uh illegals from coming in he didn't make a difference in that in that area uh what he did stop is legal immigration so um yeah trump sucked for that and even though uh, i i still believe that the 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 vote was rigged but um i'm glad he's gone (laughs) (laughs) um do you want to comment briefly on whether or not you think he will be convicted uh on the impeachment charges and what will happen Uh, with the forthcoming patriot party I don't really care. I think it's stupid for the left to to try to convict Trump. All it's going to do is, uh, you know, piss off people and enrage the the right. And maybe that's what they want. You know, they they there's people think, that want to fight. You know, I think it's I the think, stymie the twenty twenty four run. Exactly. I think they think they still view him as a very big threat in the next election, and uh, they see this as a way of of very very cheaply, you know, when you're not without billions of dollars of campaign funds, but if you could very cheaply, um, uh, deny him the opportunity to run again by, by conviction. Now, I don't think he, they can get a conviction, but, but there's, don't they have the house? They have the house. They have the house and they have the Senate too, but they don't have the, the numbers. They need 60 votes out of the, out of the Senate to make, a conviction and they could be close because uh the the republicans there are a number of republicans that might go along um so at any rate it's a possibility but i think you're absolutely right that they're looking down the road not now but they're they're looking yeah. at a, a way of blocking him from running again because they they do consider him very big threat i think it is a big threat because <clears throat> or a big possibility that he could run again because the economy could take a very very nasty turn and if it does, uh, Biden's going to be in trouble. No, whoever's in uh, in the presidency is going to be in trouble yeah, oh, when the economy sours. Trump, Trump didn't drain the swamp, so I hope it's not him. In any case, and I, <laughs> yeah. and I think I think the uh, the stunt that happened at DC, I think that seals seals it. I don't 
I don't think people want that. And I think they, I think whether or not he's convicted for it, I think people are going to associate that with him. And, and I think most people don't want that. So. Yeah. I, I, well, okay. I hear you. And I think in, in line with that, what shot Trump, what, what shot Trump in the foot for the 2024 run was basically like abandoning that base uh, so significantly at the very end. Like all those hardcore supporters that wanted something, right, were basically left with nothing um, and left holding the bag and just <laughs> being all confused. So it's going to be of hard course. to get them back on board for a 2024 run. That's an interesting point that uh, he didn't jump in in their defense either. I mean, uh, yeah. And they, they probably feel, uh, well, do you suppose they feel abandoned by him or do they accept, oh, well, he had to do that? Um, I think the early reports are not only do they feel abandoned, but uh, the the hardcore QAnon people are already <laughs> saying that uh, Biden was the real master plan. Like they've they've jumped. Up. <laughs> they've, they're just fucking nuts. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> I don't have a better term than that. Uh, I don't I don't actually believe in QAnon. I think I think they're the basically the the outgrowth of the the pepe troll people and, yeah and they just make stuff up whatever it is and understood they, and but people boomers think, believe it man yeah people believe it people will believe anything and that's that's what's so funny about it yeah i i, I was telling K, ks the other day uh, uh about the the okay symbol that that they they spread this the the pepe crew spread this meme about the okay symbol with your hand being yeah. a white power yeah and, <laughs> And they believed it. And so now there's a whole bunch of people that believe that whenever somebody holds the OK symbol up, that that means white power. Yeah. And so and, and, and they, ret so they retconned it, too, to show like Bill Clinton and George Bush or whatever doing the OK symbol. Like, like look at the look at these look at these Nazis. Even back then, there was there was white power. Couldn't they find any picture of Barack Obama giving the OK signal? No, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. He's 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 one of them but, too. Yeah, he's part of it. You don't you don't have to be white to be a, a supporter of white power anymore. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You you joke, but that's I've I've seen that in the headline. Um, no, it's it, it's even happened in D.C. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But it was you know it, it was I forget I forget the actual terminology, but it was the the headline was basically uh, we need to talk about um, non race based white supremacy, right? Like that's. <laughs> it has nothing to do with color and skin and, yeah. and race anymore, whatever. Yeah. So and of course yeah. they they accuse, they accuse Candace Owens of that, <laughs> right? Because you, you're black and conservative. Forget about it. You're not one of us. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that the, with with Trump, what may have been beneficial towards the end, right, is the repudiation of the violence, um, obviously, but supporting the patriots, right. The, the supporting the patriots and the protest and also some sort of acknowledgement or statement that they would be coming back in 2024 to retake it right that would have that would have immediately got you know got the ball rolling even if he changes his mind later uh that would at least rally them enough um i think to to keep the support while by all transitioning to joe Biden. he wants to remain unpredictable sure whatever yeah whatever all right final thoughts Nope. Nope. 
All right. That'll do it for us. And thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.